0: Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to uh, chit or chat?
1: Uh, I think tonight I'm going to chit.
0: Oh, then I'll take chat.
1: Fantastic. Cue music.
0: Welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil,
1: and I am your other host, Senda.
0: Hey, we're um, we're taking it easy tonight.
1: We are. We're gonna have another uh, chit chat.
0: We're gonna have a chit chat. Um, reason being, it is uh, Labor Day weekend. It is Labor Day, and I gotta be honest. I kind of chilled a lot today. So we did not do the thing that we normally do, which is uh, during Monday afternoon, kind of figure out the topic and kind of talk through it a little, like a couple hours before the show. Like we just kind of like rolled into the show without much of a plan because again, holiday weekend. Uh, So we thought it'd be the perfect time because we haven't done one in a few weeks to do a little chit chat episode where we talk about things that are giving us life, something in gaming and something outside of gaming. Right?
1: Yes. And just as a reminder for those of you listening along at home, this means that even more than our actual conversations, which are currently unedited, um, this is not going to be edited at all. Uh, so, you know, just, just go with the flow. And, uh, you know, starting to think maybe someday we'll start editing again and maybe someday I'll just stop saying the disclaimer and I guess I guess y'all... I challenge you
0: on that. I challenge you to stop saying we're not editing it and just not edit it.
1: Just not edit it? But there's so many ums and ahs and things that are I have... Are people yelling at us about it? No, they are not.
0: Okay. <laughs> if you people are mad that Sunda's not editing the show and that we're not scripting it, we appreciate that. We're still in these quarantines, not ready to do it, but... um. At some point later, maybe we'll all have a talk with you all about how the show's going to go uh, after the after the quarantine. Right now, uh, we're just hanging out, chatting, having fun, picking a topic most weeks and just talking about it, <laughs> which great. I like a lot, actually. And, really you know, fun, we're yeah. sprinkling in these um, chit-chats. We did them really early on during the pandemic when we had, like, zero bandwidth. Yes. Um, and now we're just doing one because... Basically, it was a holiday, and I played, I played like five hours of Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Went on a bike ride and read some Numenera today. Like, oh, and I played some board games, and that is like it.
1: Well, honestly, um, and it was a, it was a, it was an interesting mental health weekend for me. So, um, I am grateful for not having to use all of the brain space.
0: Yeah, so cool. So, the format for tonight. Uh, besides being unedited, is the chit chat episode is um, a discussion, and uh, we do uh, we each talk about a thing that is giving us life in gaming, and then we're gonna pick a thing that is giving us life outside of gaming. Uh, and yours is food related; mine is not.
1: As yeah, a little teaser,
0: <laughs> uh, sometimes we do what is giving us life in the kitchen, but um, we decided to just expand it a little.
1: Yeah. Well, neither of them are directly in our kitchens.
0: They are not in our kitchens. So. so let's do the gaming part first, because people, like, people, uh, people are primarily here for gaming stuff. <laughs>
1: Probably more so than listening to us talk about right? food. I don't know. <laughs> I
0: think some people are starting to catch on. But anyway, um, <laughs> Senda. Yeah. What is giving you life in gaming this week?
1: Well, so here's the thing. I, I thought, we thought uh, that we were going to finish up our cartel game. Um, This last Thursday, um, it had been gotten delayed, um, but it actually ended up getting last minute delayed again, which was fine because like real life stuff right now is like really real. And so, you know, people got to prioritize things correctly. And that is like 100% fine and fair. But it means that we did not actually wrap up that cartel campaign that I'm very excited about the end of yet. Um, So I can't tell you that that is the thing that's giving me life in gaming. Um, What we did instead um, was uh, the kind of weird mush that my game group tends to come up with. And basically where I'm going with this is um, we ended up doing a lot of collaborative world building to create a weird little setting for us to play some scenes through. Um, And there's something really magical about doing collaborative world building, especially in um, a group that you trust um, because it makes it easy to take risks. It makes it easy to say no if you need to, right? Um, and it makes it easy to accept a no if you hear one, right? Like that it's not anything personal um, because there's there's trust among the humans who are, who are just in that group, right? So mm-hmm. um, long story short, we ended up creating a we wanted to make a hallmark holiday special as recreated by robots who don't have emotions and only understood the human world through the lens of having seen hallmark movies because all other media had been destroyed um and top gun so Uh,
0: how did (laughs) top gun get in there
1: um I don't remember, but this is where we get into that collaborative world building thing. So we, um, we, we, and there were a lot of songs involved. So, you know, we, we had lost that loving feeling and then, um, you know, we decided that there was a danger zone <laughs> and we had to take the highway there. I um, mean, I, mean <laughs> I
0: love that song and that, you know, stupid movie is part of my childhood.
1: Well, you know, so it just it just um it ended up being a weird meld of like um hallmark movie, weird sci-fi, half in the digital world, half in the real world, um robots. Um, and then we ended up beginning it a little bit like one last job where we like went to each person and like introduced them. <laughs> um' it's like, well, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna need, you know, Um, oh gosh, what was it? Like, OMW 69, right? Um, (laughs) and, uh, you know, so we're going to need OMW 69. No one knows as much about the danger zone as they do. They almost made it across that highway once. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we did all that stuff, but we did a lot of world building before we got there. So collaborative world building was the thing that was specifically giving me life. I loved playing the game afterwards, but, the game afterwards was what it was because we spent about an hour creating this wild world to play in. This weird so, half half digital, half real monstrosity.
0: Cool. <laughs> so let me ask you a few questions about your yeah. about your collaborative world building. Yeah. So who showed up with the um like I've often found that somebody shows up with like the 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 first nugget, like the they somebody puts the first block on the table, right?
1: Right. So so I think people have heard me talk about this a ton, and I still don't know exactly when the game is going to actually come out. It should be in Love and Resistance when we when we see that. Um, but so the game that we play a lot when somebody can't come in my group is called Yes, right? And this game started as potentially being another game of Yes. Um, one of my favorite ways to play that game is as a Hallmark movie special because it's like sh- cloyingly sweet and mushy. But one of the things about Yes, and um, when you play Yes as written, which everyone should do when it comes out, Um, is that it is specifically written to create happy endings for non-traditional relationships. Um, And I adore it. So, like, the time before this when we couldn't finish Cartel, we actually did a Hallmark movie special. Instead of Christmas, it was Halloween. And we had a cute little triad, right? We had the dentist who came back into town who hated Halloween. And he had to learn how to love Halloween again in his heart at his dad's pumpkin farm where, like, there was the girl who worked at the uh, haunted house and, like, the guy who ran the things (laughs) i'm going way off track here you
0: haven't you haven't actually answered my question yet who put the first (laughs) well so
1: that's a tricky thing so we said do we want to do another hallmark thing and it was like yeah let's do hallmark and then quincy who is like my tony right said your rainmaker let's do robots
0: okay all right so all right so i I guess what I'm I'm trying to tease You're out of this trying to tease
1: something real out of me being giddy about my weird collaborative world-building experience. Yeah, but I Good job. like I keep I, going. I, the question
0: <laughs> the part I want to get to is how um, other people can get to do this at home, right? So so the first part of it is there there's a high degree of trust, right? You you've all been playing for what? A couple of years together?
1: Um almost 5?
0: Maybe okay. longer. I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that trust precludes anyone from doing this because I have done collaborative world building stuff with strangers at a table. Yeah. But I think what, I think what having high trust really gives you is the ability to really kind of, um, hang it out there for a lack of better term. Right. Like you might in a group of strangers play a little closer to the vest in terms yeah. of some of your decisions, where with a high trust group. Um, I think you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think you're like, you can literally put anything out there and feel safe.
1: Yeah. The thing that I would say, and this is a way that I tend to term things a lot based on a lot of therapy in my life right now. Um, it's an environment in which I think that it's safe to fail and will not reflect on the person. Right. So like, it gives you the ability to really throw things out there, um, without, being concerned about like i don't know repercussions or like what people are going to think of you or any of those things um because it is that kind of really comfortable space having said that the more that i've practiced it with my group where i know that there's high trust the easier it is for me to do with strangers right um i do think that brainstorming and collaborative world building in this sense and being able to throw things at a wall until they stick um it doesn't necessarily (coughs) sound like a skill but it is it is something that you can actually do and practice um is to just come up with cool ideas on the fly and actually I'll, i'll just i'll just throw a quick plug in here because i think that one of the things um one of the sets of tools that is out there right now that if you're interested in practicing this kind of thing and having just creative juices flowing more um you should check out uh improv for gamers by karen Twelves.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to
1: toss that right in. Um but so like that is just a thing. It is totally possible to practice this as a skill and I'm lucky enough to have a group that's been very safe to consistently practice it with, right? And what's happened is because we've all been consistently safe to practice it with, we've all practiced it a lot together. <laughs> yeah. Um and so it is something that um it's very much a space you know where yes and um, plays a large part it is not the only thing that comes in though right like we absolutely have no but moments and at a gaming table i think that, that is perfectly acceptable so um,
0: do you guys take everything in like were, was there any suggestion during the collaborative world building where people were like ah but not that
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I can think of at least a couple. I can't remember exactly where, what the suggestions were, but I can think of at least a couple times that we were like, well, I don't know. That takes us in a direction that's really drastically different from where we were kind of aiming. Like, maybe, maybe, it, what if we did this instead? That's the no, but, right?
0: Right. And I think that's where, um, and again, I don't want to harp on trust because I don't want people, I, I want to mention it, but I don't want people to think, so I'm just going to say it again, that not, knowing the people that you're collaborating with makes it impossible to collaborate. It totally does. What that high trust does is it lets um, it lets the person know, it lets the person who put the idea out there that's getting kind of um, turned down, and it is okay to turn down ideas when you're collaborative building something, that it's not personal.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's right? exactly like, what it is. That's what the trust part is, and, and that ability to... Um, you know, just like that's, it's the ability to fail without like consequence, right? I actually, I I want to, I,
0: I want to mm. tease that out a bit because I think that's actually really important, right? Like there's, um, when we talk a lot about collaboration, when we do, when we've talked about it on Misdirected Mark, um, written articles about it, we talk about, um, we, we often talk about the end product, right? The end product being, um, this, um, alloy of ideas right that is stronger than any individual components because we've all put our stuff together and everything else correct what we don't often talk about is that not everything that gets said
1: yeah makes it gets included correct. right like
0: there is a there is a um there's an early amorphous phase where the ideas are just getting put down and, you know, nobody, nobody really sees um, what, like, no one sees a shape yet. And then at some point, somebody, or maybe it's, a, like, multiple people, start to see the initial shape of what's going on. Yes. And from that point, like, in the, in the amorphous phase, people just keep throwing things out until the shape forms. Yes. And then once the shape forms, really the job is to just build onto the shape. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah, can yeah. take it in a different you can you can bend it, you can augment it, you can do whatever, but you don't go hundred and eighty degrees from it.
1: Right. So I will tell you that the bend, so this this was Hallmark Robots, right? Sure. Yep, it was yep. Hallmark Robots, Hallmark Robots, Hallmark Robots. Um and then the bend and this is not gonna surprise you, the bend was Top Gun. <laughs>
0: Sure, because Top Gun sounds like, you know, the weird, but you know, it's the kind of thing where, yeah, it's it's definitely weird, but if if the table hears it and is like, yeah. We can
1: still make this, yeah, this all still works together and it gives us a purpose and a direction to move in. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so there's I think the activity that we see, right, during that middle phase is we see there are some people who are extending the current body, right? Like they're adding extra details mm-hmm. to the current body. And then there are people who are um, kind of steering it, right? Like if I thought of this thing as being like, first it's a big scribble, yep. right? Then it's a line that comes out of the scribble. And then that line kind of like goes one direction, the other direction, that kind of thing is like, you know, it kind of just like snakes around the page. Right. So some people are pushing the line forward and some people are, are, are basically making the paper turn. Right. Like, yeah, that's a weird analogy, but it's working for me right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So I think again, with high trust, it's that kind of thing where it's like one, and I really like what you've been saying about like the, like the ability to fail. Yeah. Right. Um, because there's two things, one, if you are okay to fail, then um if you are okay to fail, then you are not gonna get hurt by the process, yep, right because because in collaboration, not everything gets included, and sometimes somebody like doesn't get a thing in and can be very hurt by it, especially if they don't understand. Um, or don't have that high trust with everyone else because then they think like it's personal, right? Yes. Like they jump to it being personal. But the other thing is, and this I've heard you say in other places, is that with that ability to be accepted for like to fail, it also encourages you just to keep putting stuff out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, what it means is it's an environment in which there are no consequences for for like Dropping out the wrong thing, the quote, quote, wrong, because there isn't really a wrong. There's just a discussion about what what direction we want things to go. Um, And what that does is that fosters an environment in which people are more... um, like more ready to just toss things out that have just come to mind, right? Without sitting there and thinking them over and being like, well, I don't know. Do I think this works? Does, do I want to do this? Does this make any sense, right? Like we don't, we don't actually spend a lot of time thinking stuff through necessarily. Like we really just start throwing things at the wall and just see what yeah. sticks. And, and there's a difference between doing that and really truly just kind of spitting out all the first things that come to mind. And doing that in the version where you're like, yes, I'm going to spit out the first thing that comes to my mind that I know that I won't be embarrassed about saying in front of these people. Right? Yes, <laughs> That's the difference. The difference is actually just saying it versus um, versus second guessing yourself while you're doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that, like, if you're – and this is the trust part, right? So, the trust part is, like, for instance, if I'm brainstorming something with a, a table full of random people, I might be more hesitant to put something in that's very queer if I don't understand kind of the makeup of the table. Right, right. Right. But if I'm with my home group with whom I have a high degree of trust, you know, I, you know, I have less concerns about throwing that out there. And if somebody rejects it, I don't think they're re- I don't think they're rejecting it because it's queer. Right. Right. I think they're just rejecting it because it doesn't fit.
1: Right. Which is and, and totally fine. But there's a big right? difference between I'm rejecting this because it's queer and I'm rejecting this because it doesn't fit with the vision I thought we were aiming for as a group.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's I and again, I, I wanna stress this, right? Collaboration can totally be done with strangers. It is um in fact, the only way that you <laughs> wind up way, having a yeah, high trust group is, is by you start doing it. With,
1: you have to start. You just have to do it. Right. You have to
0: start with a group you don't have trust with and, and eventually keep doing trust. it until you have trust yes, with them.
1: That's how it works. Yeah. That's how trust works. It's great So Right.
0: So <laughs> it is it is really good. And yes, and I totally dig. Um, I totally dig that and having that and, and the way that you can, cause I'm just going to try to make the take home thing here. <laughs> if you are yes, in a place with low trust um, and you want to um, help foster that, that um, the ability, the ability or whatever to fail um, be encouraging when something doesn't make it in. Right. So be like, Oh, you know, Hey, Senda. That that wasn't really like I don't think that's where we were going. But you seem like you're on a roll. Could you, like, could you just you know what what else do you have that you know may take this more in the direction of Top Gun?
1: Well, so I will and I will tack one more thing onto that. The other thing about this and this is scary to do, but if you want to foster the kind of um, safe uh, table culture where you can take risks. Um, one very effective way to create that culture at your table is by demonstrating it yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And why that can be a little bit scary is that means that you can model that behavior, which means you take risks and you don't get offended when people say no to your ideas, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you are in a place where you're comfortable doing that, um, I highly recommend it. You can you can create a pretty decent table culture with people pretty quickly by demonstrating that kind of behavior at the table, because you can immediately demonstrate that it's okay to fail, and other people will pick up on that, whether they understand that they're picking up on that or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, demonstrate it not only with your own when your own stuff doesn't make it in,
1: yep, but, but demonstrate by.
0: Um, but demonstrate by just you know, complimenting other people, like, hey, that was a cool idea. I get why we're not using it, but like I I get totally how you got there.
1: Right. Or and that's also the no but, right? Like or if you can say, Oh, that's yeah. that's super cool. It doesn't quite fit, but could we just take this part, right? Like this part yeah, fits. That, right? Yeah, like so 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 adjust and meld. But like you can create an environment where it is safe for people to fail and you can create one pretty quickly, even like in a con game length of time, Um, you won't have the same depth, but like you can start that stuff pretty quickly. And um, it, but it does require that you take the first trust fall a lot of times. So, you know, If you're willing to do it, do it. (laughs) Anyway, Phil, tell me about what's giving you life in gaming. Because for me, it's apparently uh, risk-taking and uh, safety to fail, which is like always true for me in gaming. I I dig it. (laughs) I dig it.
0: Um, Yeah, actually, mine's... um, So this is really interesting. Uh, This, I think, we can file under um, the pendulum swings in a different direction, (laughs) right? You
1: have been having, yeah, pendulum swinging directions. Right, so...
0: For many many years, as people know on the show, like I've been very much a um, very much indie gamer, right? Like just buy my you know single book for a game, Your six, right? Single six
1: by nine.
0: Yeah, my six by my six <laughs> by nine Paperback. hundred couple maybe a couple hundred page. Yep. You know, hardcover paper. You know, hardcover most of the time if it's available. Um, you know, one book for the entire game kind of game. Um, and I have many of those, right? I got a shelf full of those. Uh, But I started playing, and I think we've talked about this on the show, we've definitely talked about The Doctor Mark, I started playing Numenera recently. Mm -hmm. Um, My players wanted um, something a little less intense, and most of my PBTA games that are on my shelf that we haven't played are pretty intense um so somebody threw out numenera and i was like yeah totally i'll run numenera like i have like cypher system's cool and i've listened to a bunch of you know of old episodes from uh darcy and troy on cypher speak Heck so i was like yes. yeah yeah they'll totally do this
1: Heck yes cypher so i got the
0: first book and it's like it's eight and a half by eleven four hundred pages <laughs> and i'm like holy shit like <laughs> Holy shit! This book's enormous, I'm but that's just that's just one of the Numenera oh books, my. right? There's now Numenera Numenera um, Discovery, technically, is its own whole game and can just be played by itself. So please do not jump on me. I'm fully aware that you can just play Destiny by yourself, but or uh, Discovery by yourself. But really, what I'm here for is Discovery. Um, Discovery is the second part of the book, and and Monty Cook um, penned in the introduction that this was the other part of the game that he really wanted to explore, but they didn't do it initially when they released the game. And it's about community and community building, and um, it's got kind of these Minecraft Fallout elements of, like, taking a community and building it up and adding it to things, which really jives, like... It really like like is in sync with my um, already um, love of uh, going back to the '90s game Underground of community building mm-hmm. and carrying that through myself and my own design for Hydro Hackers. Um, I was totally down. And in fact, during our session zero, the players specifically said they did not want to um, just travel the world; they wanted to uh, be part of a community. They had a very, they, all three of them had a very strong, uh, we would like to be part of a community vibe, um, in their game. And I was like, yes, I am also down for that and am willing to, um, support that as well. So I picked up the second 400 page eight and a half by 11 book, which I've now started reading and on top of it. There's like 20 plus more supplements for this game, right? Like adventures and like just informational supplements and extra ciphers. And I have, it has been a long time since I played a game that was an actual full on game line, right? Like
1: like a full professional.
0: Yeah. Like we indie folk, like we indie folk play games like, well, I got this one game and this will be the only amount of this game that will ever be made ever again. <laughs>
1: hey, Headspace um, has, like, the game and then, like, settings. Like, one book. I know. No, no. There's a book of settings. That's what I'm saying. I know. I did, one, I did one extra book for it. I wrote that yes, forward. Yes, I'm aware.
0: <laughs> I'm aware you wrote that forward. Um, but most games like we play have, like, core book, maybe one more book. Yes but not really too many more masks no. would be a notable exception but i didn't even use the other books for masks i just used the core book so anyway it's interesting and what's giving me life is like there is an abundance of information here for like for me to use i'm i don't need to use all of it but as like my interests in this world kind of come about i Like, I mean, I would have been totally comfortable making stuff up on my own, but I also like the idea of just kind of kicking back and reading um, about some of the other parts of the world and getting ideas for my own stuff that I'm going to, you know, write for the players. Yeah. So, like, you know, I like, for instance, the data sphere, like, I think the idea that there's been this like leftover information net you know, left over from a previous, um, civilization that's just kind of still existing and hanging in the air, um, is utterly fascinating. And while I could totally come up with all that stuff, there's a whole book dedicated to the data sphere and another one to other dimensions and another one for underwater and like on and on and on and on. And it's, and I'll never get to play them all. And they probably won't buy all of them in physical. I think I will buy a number of them in, um, PDF and I have a number of them in PDF from bundles of holding and things like that. Um, but I'm, I'm liking, especially as I'm crunched on time, I'm liking the idea that um, I can just go uh, check out a book for some more info on parts of a game uh, while working on, the like while working on my like my interpretation of it.
1: Yeah, but it means um, especially in these quarantine times, some of the responsibility for being immediately and fully creative is removed from you. You get to expand on other people's creativity.
0: Yeah it it, it definitely takes off the um, it definitely takes off that that burden. And again, in a um, now I'm. We're still indie players playing this, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, mostly yeah. traditional game. Yeah. So, our you know our session one had leading questions about the um, town and city that you know we answered to create a, a small network of NPCs and connections between NPCs and locations and things like that. Because, like, I'm That's never going to not, not yeah right. I'm never going to not do that in a game. But I am enjoying. I guess what I I guess what I'm enjoying is. I'm enjoying the vastness of this game. like so much of so much of my play over the last couple of years has been very small in terms of like how much world is covered in a game. like my masks game took place mostly in halcyon City, although, the end of it took place across several um different decades as the players shot back in time
1: well, it was still um, kind of halcyon city right it was it
0: was like, oh, it was, oh, it was time always travel, halcyon city
1: you know
0: right and you know like games like cartel you play like in one locate like uh-huh. you know one city oh, and boy. Uh, you know and then, <laughs> And on top of that, like a lot of the indie games that we played, like especially PBTA games, don't come with their own settings, right? Like Hydra Hackers is one of those exceptions where I was like, no, there's an actual setting for this game and it's a PBTA game, right? Like it's
1: um, so where they come with multiple I mean, settings. What's that where they come with multiple settings, right?
0: Yeah, well, they come with, no, they, they, they come yeah, with, like, I mean, they don't really come with full settings. They come with, like, they come with, like, bullion directions. cubes.
1: Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's true.
0: Right? Like, I'll take it. Like it I love it. Yeah, like, you're going to build out the rest yourself. And don't get me wrong, I love those things. I mean, I've used tons of them, right? But switching temporarily to a game world that is, like, both fully realized and yet... And I think this is really kind of the genius of what Monty really struck with this setting is that at there are parts of the game world that are fully realized, and then there are like then there is this reminder that the earth is a billion years old, and eight other civilizations have come and passed and left all their junk behind, like even if it seems like it's together,
1: it's not flip
0: over a rock, yeah, and there's something like else there. there's right there's stuff you like. And, like, things you've never even thought of yeah. are, like, are there, right? And, like, and, you know, they give you these great hints. Like, one of the previous civilizations was a um, spacefaring civilization. One of them was not human. Um, you know, one of, them, one, of them, um, one of them was able to actually change the orbit of the Earth and fix the sun from burning out. Um, like they give you just a list and they don't tell you like,
1: like anything else about these civilizations really
0: for as much material that exists out there. It's about the present world, the ninth world, as they call it. Yeah. They don't delve into like the first world or the second world and tell you stuff. They just, that stuff is all, um, open to interpretation and, We're not, you know, like, we don't get specific about this because it just leaves it open and, you know, leaves and leaves the game master room to decide. Like, if you want to set some things about the past worlds, like, it's totally up to you. I'm going to set some stuff up for my setting a little bit about some of the past worlds. I mean, we won't say, like, which ones they are, but there's going to be some rhyme or reason to some of the stuff that happens. Right. Um in, in the setting area that we're playing in. Um, but I find it utter, you know, like I find it fascinating and I, you know, um, they've done an amazing job of both being detailed and then still left like plenty of, of like gaps in the game where it's just like, yeah, there's this thing out in a field and it's 200, it's this 200 foot tall machine that hasn't worked ever, but used to do something in the past that's it. Like like <laughs> moving along. Next thing on the list, like <laughs> So it, it it's um
1: So would you say that yeah. the books are working to instill the same sense of wonder and exploration in you that you are then working to create for your players?
0: Yeah, I think what I really like about it is I I like that Now, you know me. I I'm kind of a purist when I when I play <laughs> games cuz I like to try to play I like to try to play the games as played. But in this case, I'm trying to I'm trying to be true to the setting in the way that Monty Cook games, because I'm gonna say Monty Cook games because everybody has contributed um, to that world, right? The way that they the way that they built the world. And so what's really nice about the supplements is the supplements kind of help you um, stay in like they help you find the edges.
1: That's fair. And they give you a sandbox to play in. Then
0: a very big sandbox, and as much of it as they detail for you, they later show you. Like they've only detailed a corner of it. Like there's still like three quarters of it that they haven't detailed.
1: Right. Cool. Well.
0: Totally giving me life. All right. Tell me. So I guess the takeaway from this is.
1: Yeah. What's your takeaway?
0: Takeaway from this is that um, if you are if you are an indie gamer and you haven't played anything more traditional in a while, um, you might find it refreshing to play an actual setting, like an actual fully realized setting, uh, and just make your stories inside of it. It is its own form of constrained creativity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating that our two giving-us-life things tonight are almost completely at odds,
0: it's it's really I it's really interesting because right now my repertoire of games is incredibly yeah. traditional. I'm
1: like you're playing DCC Forbidden Lands and the most out there thing that you're playing right now is Numenera.
0: I am aware, right? Like, it's a little I, wild. Like, it's just what's feeding me right now. No, it's great. Right? Like I'm it's... glad
1: that it is. But yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, so let's talk about things that are giving us life outside of gaming. Mm-hmm. And do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs>
1: I think I may have waxed poetic about this before. Certainly I have on Twitter. Certainly I have to you over and over again.
0: Oh, you have.
1: Oh, boy. There's this poke place (laughs) across from my office. And now that I am going into my office um, sometimes um, around like child school schedules and stuff. But now that I am going into my office sometimes, um, I haven't even eaten anywhere else it's so good it is so unbelievably good it's so good that i came home having eaten it two days in a row last week i came home and i went to bed that night and as i laid there in the dark i thought "Ah, uh, dreams of Hmm. Pa- okay. Yeah. delicious um
0: i want to um i want to just quickly be definition panda uh-huh um just because um, some people might not be familiar with poke. Oh,
1: sure, that's true. Um,
0: please, so
1: please define. Oh, ye panda. So poke,
0: Hawaiian for to slice or to cut crosswise into pieces. I'm just reading this right off Wikipedia, right? Sure. Sometimes stylized poke for blah blah blah. Okay, uh, poke is diced raw fish served either as an appetizer or a main course, and is one of the main dishes of Native Hawaiian cuisine. Traditional for... Okay, so then. Nutritional forms include tuna, octopus, um uh let's see. I'm looking for some other uh things. But essentially it is um it's raw fish.
1: Mm-hmm. And a uh, cut. Yep, usually cut up into chunks. Generally standard found on a rice bowl, you you can always get it on like greens instead as a salad kind of thing. Around mm. around here at least you can. Um and uh it, it differs from what you might get in terms of a bowl that's more Japanese-leaning in that it very frequently involves things like fruit. Um, so the my favorite bowl right now is mango chili, except it comes with salmon, and I like it better with tuna. So it's like mango, tuna, and chili powder on the mango in the tuna, and ponzu sauce on the delicious rice, and then it has like... Oh, um, Hawaiian salt and and toasty, crunchy, crispy, uh, like sesame seeds, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to even think what else. It's really good, and but then the last one I had, which I tried because I now had the mango, um, the chili mango bowl twice, was a yellow tail, um, yellow tail pineapple basil, and it was also really good so it's like you think raw fish you frequently think like sushi sashimi kind of stuff but um it is a different flavor profile because it has like sweet citrusy um things with it and i love it
0: so and much. often and often Spicy. while the um often while the uh i mean the fish will always be cold but uh the poke bowls that i've had and i've had a few of them yeah. um, at a few different places the rice is warm right the fish is cool and so there's this the
1: rice is warm you got great temperature differential stuff happening yeah. oh i love it so much and and, and the pla-
0: the places i've been if i can just add on to it mm-hmm. just for people who may not have tried it the places i've been you can get like um you can get like you said you can get like the prefix bowl right like just made up as is, or often they have like a chipotle like
1: Yeah, you can um, you can walk lo- down the line and be like, Yes, give me the wasabi roe or you know the right. I have now tried for the first time in my life um sea asparagus, which is like it's like a different kind of like a seaweed thing and it's like it's crunchy and it tastes a lot like seaweed you would expect to taste, but like it's a nice fresh kind of Oceany flavor that goes with the fish and like the pineapple, for example. Oh, so good. Anyway, um, gosh, I can't wait to go back to work so that I can have poke again for lunch.
0: I mean, uh, (laughs) yes, right? Like, I here is so. so I'm sad. I'm sad because um, the poke place that I used to go to, and you and I and I took you there when you came out here for QCC the last time. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, was good. Is near my I so it's near my therapist's office and so really the only time i get to go to it is when i would go to therapy like either coming home from therapy pick it up for dinner or um leave work early and go there for lunch and then hit and then hit my therapy session but um all my therapy sessions have been telehealth yes and so I have not gotten, and, and to be honest, I haven't actually traveled that far from my home in a little while. So I haven't driven across town to go get a poke bowl. And I'm also hesitant to like bring it home. Cause I don't want it to like, I don't want the temperature part to equalize, right? Like I don't want to eat in the restaurant, but I also don't want it to either sit when I pick it up or, um, I don't want the. Fish to warm up while I'm driving home with it.
1: So, I'm going to tell you honestly that this poke place is so good that I have seriously considered driving the 20 minutes to my office just to get poke and then come home with it.
0: I mean, it's legit.
1: It's so good.
0: Now, I'm glad that's given you life. Delicious, and I know because I've heard about it. Thinking
1: about it, I can't stop. (laughs) And it's so funny because when the pandemic started, like the first food that I was like, "Oh my god, I just want poke!" Like I just want poke. And then I was sad because there was a cute little poke place that was near my old office, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna miss it." And blah 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 blah. And then I finally went to my new office, and they were like, "Oh yeah, there's this poke place across the street." And I was like, "Okay, well I'll go try it." And now I'm like head over heels in love and probably ruined for every other poke place ever because this place is the best.
0: I think what I'm sad about about your new office is that you are now further away from Topo Designs.
1: I am no longer in walking distance from Topo Designs. However, That's very, in-
0: that's very inconvenient for me.
1: <laughs> I am in walking distance of the REI, um, the best poke place mm-hmm. in town, and from Little Man Ice Cream.
0: I mean, those things are good, but, um, I liked, I liked when I could just have you go to Topo and <laughs> pick and, something and up. pick up a pouch for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I still can, but it's like, I got to drive over.
0: Nah, eh, it's not the same.
1: No, it's not the same.
0: I have like another thing I need to get from Topo, which actually has a lot to, do, which has to do with my thing. Yes. That's giving me life. What
1: is giving you life? Cause it's not Poke. No, my it- bike is
0: giving me life. Um... <laughs> Could be both emotionally and literally giving me life. Could be. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, so three weeks ago, I bought a bike uh, for the first time at Eons. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. I yeah, bought yeah. myself um, the mongoose dolomite, which is, I mean, it's it's an off the rack bike, right? So it's nothing. It's nothing terribly fancy. It wasn't fitted for me or anything like that. Um, but big, fat tires because I wanted something that you know was going to be strong enough to sport big guy like me, and. Um, Over the last couple weeks. So first of all, I I think in 21, I've had the bike for 21 days. I've ridden it 20 times.
1: Yes. Which is Uh,
0: not 20 times. I've ridden it 20 days because it was one day it was raining. There've been a couple days where I've ridden it. I've, I've rode it more than once. So I can't say how many times, but I've been riding for three weeks straight. And all along the way, I've been making modifications to the bike. I've been buying aftermarket parts. Like I bought myself a much more I bought myself a much more comfortable seat.
1: <laughs> the seat sounded um, like it was problematic.
0: <laughs> the seat was not good. I didn't realize how not good it was until I put the other one on. But I did that one on day three, right? I had the bike for three days. I put a new seat on it and was like, well, that solved one problem. Yep. But I just recently this week um put a stem riser to raise my handlebars up and that was um and these are the things again if you get your bike size, you don't have to fuss like f- fuss with but also I w- didn't want to spend that much money on my first bike.
1: Well yeah, and you didn't um, know that you were going to fall head over heels in love with it. So.
0: Cor- correct. My next bike I will spend some money on, but um so the stem riser uh allows me to actually like sit up a bit more and I don't have to lean onto the handlebars riding. Uh, which makes um, riding a lot more comfortable. And um, I went from uh, wobbly riding to the end of my block on the first day,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, not even turning the bike around, like getting off turning it and riding it back down the street, um, to uh, finishing a 2.3-mile ride uh, today, which I'm totally going to do again tomorrow. Heck yes. Um <laughs> And, uh, and I'm just loving it. Like I, every day I get like excited to get out there on my bike. But on top of that, like I am physically doing better, like physically I am, uh, I'm not only feeling better, but, and I haven't weighed myself cause I didn't want to jinx it, but I think I'm losing weight.
1: I mean, it wouldn't surprise um, me at all. Right?
0: I, I think I might be losing weight. I don't want to jinx it, so I, I and I and I don't even care because if I if I'm not losing weight, I don't it care. My heart rate has been plan, up, yeah. and I'm feeling great about it, and and I want to do it. And I know it's I know those rides are healthy. Like I know my heart's beating because um, I have my Fitbit with the heart rate monitor on it, so I know I'm getting good heart rates and stuff. And so I have. I'm going to ride until it gets, until it's impossible to ride any longer, which in Buffalo could mean either November or, and this has been true, I have been out in my front yard in short sleeves on Christmas Eve. So I'm riding this thing until there is no more time to ride.
1: Well, Um, it's going to snow here tomorrow, so.
0: (laughs) Right. But I'm just going to like, I'm not going to ride in snow or ice or anything, (sighs) but I am going to ride this bike. through the through the fall and my goal is my next goal is to get to five miles that's my i'm i'm kind of building up i would like to get to five miles um which could essentially would could be two laps of this one ride yeah um which would be interesting um but i really want that's that's my goal is i'd like to get to five miles a five mile ride and then i'll have to winter you know put the bike away for the winter i'm gonna i'm panicking about what I'm going to do in the Aww. winter time for exercise. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as the roads clear up again, like I'm the hell out there in the spring. Um, so anyway, uh, the thing that's given me life is uh, my big fat, bi- my fat tire bike. And I got to tell you, every time I ride the bike, somebody says something about it as I'm rolling by. Like I was, we were, I was riding with my son. Uh, <laughs> he was it yesterday and there were these guys painting a house, and one of the guys is like standing in the yard mixing paint or something. He turns and looks, and he's like, "Nice ride, man." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Thanks." Cruising along, <laughs> so anyway, that uh, it's definitely been giving me life. I'm definitely feeling good about uh, about riding my bike.
1: I know you've been talking about your bike.
0: I know pretty much as oh, much I, as I've
1: been talking about poke, uh, which is why I need to go get more poke.
0: I know. I I feel bad. You 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 wind up hearing like the brunt of oh, it. Oh, I don't. Every day. I don't
1: mind. I just think it's really funny. You get to hear about like how I like fell in love with basil and pineapple and serrano. Pineapple
0: no, it's fine. Go. I love. Listen, I love poke. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm act. I'm honestly sad that I haven't had any in a while. I may, I may just break down and go get some. Like um, just plan. I may for just it. go. Yeah. I, I may just get it and just drive it home and and maybe it'll just be fine it'll
1: it'll it'll be okay because it'll it, it maintains the temperature differential reasonably well for a little while. like it yeah. won't be as perfectly like chilled versus warm, but it will be okay.
0: I I may just I may uh, I may just pull the trigger on it and get some because I really miss it. And I really like I'm now you don't. I've
1: been talking about it now nonstop for like three.
0: weeks I know it's been made me it's made me really think about the need for getting out that way.
1: All right. We should put
0: it. We should wrap up the show. Conclude our chit chat for tonight. Um, Hope that you uh, enjoyed it. Hope that you found a couple nuggets of good gaming information out of the stuff that we talked about. Yes and uh, just, you know, generally hearing how, uh, how we're doing. Uh, in order for us to close out the show, somebody...
1: That's not me.
0: It's me. Uh, has to <laughs> tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network.
1: Yeah, I'm going to cheat and tell you about the Gnomecast again. You should go check out the latest episode of the Gnomecast. It is episode 99. I sat down with Sharong Biswas and Lucian Khan. Um, they are the editors and also both have games in the Honey and Hot Wax anthology of games. It is a fascinating anthology that I think is pretty amazing. Um, it is definitely. 18 or over but you should go check out the interview that i did with them on the GnomeCast episode 99 um it was super great they're both very intelligent and have super good things to say about games so um yeah so i'll just plug that one very specific episode and we'll go from there
0: sounds good say Sunda. Uh, where can people find us on the internet if they wanted to chit-chat with us?
1: Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they do that, or once they find... What? Once they find us in one of those locations, what can they do with that information? I got the words. They're there somewhere.
0: Yeah, by all means. Uh, Leave us uh, some topics, uh, some questions. Um... Give us an idea of something you would like to hear us talk about. We love uh, doing the show, talking about the things that you find interesting. Occasionally, we do these chit chat episodes when we're you know when the tank's a little empty. But uh for the past couple of weeks, we've been taking your ideas and folding them back into shows, uh, and it's been fantastic. Again, it's uh, like if we sit around, we would literally just do a show about cooking, a little bit of gaming, and you know, ditch eating digitally and, d- and eating and yeah. <laughs> um, So it's better if you give us some ideas uh, you can do uh, contact us on any of the ways that Senda mentioned before. Uh, you don't even have to try too hard. Uh, y- you can ask us a specific question. you can just throw us a general topic like hey you know what are your thoughts on blank whatever it's fine. Um, we're super talkative so once we have something to latch on, to, We'll fill the time. We'll fill the
1: time. We're good at filling time. We don't do dead air in this podcast.
0: No, we do not. (laughs) If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Uh, Your patronage is what keeps everything running in the Misdirected Mark Network, um, from our bandwidth to our server costs to backups and all that stuff. Uh, We greatly appreciate all of the support uh, that you give. Uh, In return, um, we invite you to come join our Slack Room for Life, which is a fine group of humans talking about life in general, role-playing games, cooking, all sorts of stuff. Um, We have a Friday um we have a friday meetup on uh, on zoom where um you can just come join us and hang out with us on zoom uh, that's a lot of fun uh, it's uh that one's 12:30 uh pm eastern so Adjust for your own uh, time zones uh, You get the bonus outtakes from this show You get the, um, you get the after show From the misdirected Mark uh, And uh, when this You know, pandemic is over There'll be some goodies out there for you As we do some other stuff through uh, Our publishing arm and things like that uh, But in the meantime um, Really Come check us out on the uh, Slack Room for Life um, It's just such a great Group of people and I love I love Going there every day uh, and checking in with everyone. Anyway, there's another thing you can do. Helps the show immensely. It um it fulfills our uh, very successful, blisteringly successful marketing blisteringly campaign for 2020. Successful. Um, if you listen to us, you will love us. Um, and that is, uh, we need you to get other people to listen to us. So, of course, you should totally. Um, make your friends, family, anyone who you play games with, listen to us. You should totally do that. We give you permission. Um, <laughs> but in addition, there's another thing you can do that can also help people you don't who don't know you and who don't know us. Find out about us, and Sunday's going to tell you what that thing yes. is.
1: You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, wherever you leave it, we're super duper grateful for it. It super works. The way that the algorithms tend to work, that will actually help new people find our show, which is fantastic. And then, if you let us know where you left it, because like there's a lot of places to check, and like different countries and stuff don't show up by default, yada yada yada. We really love reading them, so just drop us a note and let us know, so that we will be happy and see the review, because it makes us super happy.
0: They they really do. Super happy is um, is exactly super the giddy. correct term.
1: Super giddy happy mm-hmm. pandas. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Say, Senda, what
0: topic do you think we should do next week?
1: This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, show me what you got, eh. show me what you got, show me what you got, eh. show me what you got, show me what you got. Eh. Bloop. E. Click, click, click
0: goes the click, mm. click,
1: click, mm. click
0: goes the click. Yeah, everything looks good. Whew. Maybe
1: I almost made pretzels sort of tonight. Of almost? Why didn't you make pretzels?
0: Eh, I don't know. Oh, because I went out to, I had Dairy Queen for...
1: Oh, that's fair. Dessert.
0: I'm not gonna have ice cream and pretzels in one night. That's indulgent.
1: <laughs> well, so I cleaned out the freezer today because. <laughs> disaster and i had literally no idea what was in there and i threw out an unfortunate amount of very freezer burned chicken which made me very sad but it was also no longer edible but i also discovered like christmas cookies and i don't even know if they were from last year or the year before but i like just pulled them out i was like you know what we're either gonna eat these or they're gonna be fine or we're gonna take one bite and they're gonna be freezer burned but either way they need to not be in my freezer anymore
0: that we did that um with uh with our freezer we had a bunch of food stocked up from the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. Like the beginning had, of the
0: pandemic. I had
1: so much chicken from the beginning of the pandemic when it was yeah. hard to find chicken that every time I I saw it I bought it but then I ended up not using it.
0: We had like a Eye bunch roll. of like we had a bunch of meals that I think we made early on um and then we're like we ate them like we ate some of them again but then it was like you know what these have been in here for a few months time to turn all this over put some new stuff in there.
1: I can't tell you how much pork there is in my freezer right now. (laughs) Let me remind the audience that I don't eat
0: pork. (laughs) No, no, your roommate, your roommate, (laughs) the great Andy Fox, made um, Made an obscene amount of pulled pork.
1: All the pork, and it is packaged up in adorable little, like, single serving sizes in my freezer, but there's, like, a lot of pork in my freezer, and I'm like, you have to eat this because I'm not going to. (laughs)
0: That's a thing that I'm uh, – that's a thing I'm – so, with the exception of breakfast, of which I can eat same breakfast almost every day, uh, I can eat, like, leftovers once, immediately, one more time later that week, and then my interest in them is done. Like, yeah,
1: they get boring and repetitive. Like, I have one more serving of my Chinese... Le- Why are we talking about this? We're supposed to start the show. I have to edit this, you know?
0: You just have to cut this part off and put know, it in the, the I know, but I have to part.
1: find it.
0: Okay, okay, ready? We'll be quiet so you can okay. find it visually.
1: Okay, Ready?